Papi, hablen Teddy. Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe. Once in a while, people call me DJ Soundwave. Big, big show today, number 100. I've done 100 of these damn things. Like, I can't, still can't believe it. It was hard to do one or two. Here I am at 100. Man, man, big up to everybody who's been listening contributing, been on the show, liking, reposting. Even if you're somebody who saw it in the feed, you're like, eh, interesting, and just never cared or listened. Salute to you, too. <laughs> it's whatever, man. Big, big show today. First off, got Mystic on the show, one of my favorite artists. Her album, Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom, celebrates its 20th anniversary this year. Came out in 2001. Straight banger. Talk to her. She'll be in the episode here, so definitely stay tuned for that. And big shout-out to my last guest, Guy Grams. Go check out his new album war metals guygrandsmusic.com salute to him but right off the bat new music i know you heard it new intro music my man dj real one who made it the last time he made this one as well took a little bit of a different touch to it so i definitely appreciate him freshening up this show making it sound a little more live give it a little bit of a you know a little extra polish for the 100th episode and going forward and uh stay tuned because the outro is also different so got a new sound here and uh, you know i had to put my daughter melody at the beginning of this just to kind of kick it off we took a couple takes <laughs> to get her to say the happy 100th daddy part, but uh, nah, I, I, there's no way I cannot have her on here somewhere. So big up to everybody who's been listening and, and being a part of this thing. Uh, real quick, just some background. I used to work in radio. I went to school, studied broadcasting, so I never knew I was going to be doing this podcasting until about the time I quit the radio life. It's not that uh, any bad feelings just wasn't working out, didn't see any real future in it. But I always had that void that never got filled where I wanted to do something where I got to speak my mind or talk to people I was interested in talking to or promoting things I liked. So once I got out of that game, I was like, well, maybe it's time I tried this podcast thing. Everybody seems to be doing it. You know, people that are less qualified or less trained. So I was like, let me do it. You know, I've got some experience with this stuff from working in radio all those years. So I bought some equipment. My guy, Real One, shout out to him again for helping me with the uh, the other side of it with the sound card and the hard drive and everything, getting hooked up to the turntables and just to see what happens. And, you know, that first episode was hard to do. But once I I got past five, six, seven. I started to get a feel for it. And uh, next thing you know, I'm at 100. So I just tell everybody out there real quick. That's why I bring this up. Anybody that's thinking about starting something, you're not sure. It's always hard starting it. At least that's how I've always noticed. But once you get going, it becomes routine, becomes part of your everyday life. And then it's not a problem. Or it shouldn't be. I mean, there's definitely hiccups. I mean, I had a baby since <laughs> I started this thing. And a lot of other things have gotten into COVID. You know, so there's definitely a lot of obstacles. But in the meantime, you just keep going through it, man. Because if you like it, 
it enough, then you keep going with it. So uh, thanks again to everybody who's been checking this out and being a part of this. So I can't salute you enough. What I'm going to do throughout the episode here is I'm going to play drops from past guests that have been on the show that have been kind enough to record something for me. So you'll be hearing those sprinkled throughout the show. And uh, I just just super excited to be doing this thing. So let's get into this thing. 100 episodes. Still can't believe I'm doing this 100 times. But looking forward to doing another 100. It'll be three years in like February. So... So let's get into it. 100th episode of the Infinite Banter podcast. And you can find the show on all streaming platforms. Rate and review the show on Podchaser and Apple Podcast. If you go on YouTube, there will be clips from past guests on there. Just type in the search bar, Infinite Banter. And follow the show on social media at Infinite Banter Podcast. All right, let's get into it. Let's do this damn thing. Kicking it off as always. My man, DMC, the king from Queens. Start this 100th episode off correctly. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. Yo, what up, yo? It's your friendly neighborhood fly guy, Cool Kim, representing UMC's, a.k.a. NY Oil, the ideal. And I just want to take a moment to shout my brother Mark out and the entire Infinite Banter podcast crew on uh, the completion of 100 episodes. I mean, what a journey to get to this point, bro. I'm really proud for you and the team. And, uh, you know, I just <laughs> I just kind of think about, you know, our interview. And, uh, you know, we were discussing our favorite rappers and stuff like that. And uh, you really blew my mind when you told me that Vanilla Ice was like really high up on your top five blew me away man i don't know but either way i just want to say despite all that you still managed to develop a successful podcast i want to encourage you to continue and wish you all the best for the next 100 episodes my man peace it wouldn't be an episode of the infinite banter podcast if i didn't have a guest of some sort on here so the way that the timing of it worked out was just that when I booked Mystic, I didn't know she was going to be on the 100th episode. It just worked out that it did. You know, I started counting it down. I was like, man, she's going to end up being on this 100th one if this all times out correctly. And it did. So, you know, I couldn't be more excited to have her be part of this thing. So let's go ahead and get a song of hers played here to get you guys excited about listening to her talk. And she had a lot to say. And this album, Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom, is a banger to this day, 20 years later. And we talk a lot about it. So let's play a track off of that album. Now, everybody heard the life. Everybody knows that song. So it's a very easy one for me to play. But I'm going to say you guys already know that one. Let's play some tracks in the album that maybe you're not familiar with or maybe haven't heard in a while. I need to get you guys to go buy this whole album and listen to it online, on Bandcamp, wherever. But here we go. This track right here is one of my favorite ones. It's called A Dream from Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom. This is Mystic. And the other side of this, we'll talk to Mystic herself about this album and much, much more here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. Here's a dream from Mystic. Trace the tracks from my tears, they will show you who I are still. I stand strong with the militant mind. Not no ice cold bitch, that's too easy to find. Try and maintain my mental as a peaceful place. Still, I be ready to die till I see my mother's face. 
Got to unlace the rage that I feel Constant struggle and madness Ain't got the claim to keep it real True queen can see the twinkle in my eye The glide in my step I'll bless the world before I die And tries I might Ain't a damn thing I can do Just got to hold on until I make it through Until I make it through
Diego. Shout out to DJ Soundwave. Infinite Banner Podcast on the 100th episode. Salute. Peace. This is Khan, a.k.a. Confident. Just giving a shout out to my man, DJ Soundwave of the Infinite Banter. Congratulations on your 100th episode, my man. Keep going. Air out that music, baby. Peace. You're tuned into the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am DJ Soundwave, and right now I am excited to bring in my guest, longtime fan of her work. And this is the 100th episode of this podcast, but we're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of her album, the landmark classic Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom. She's an MC, a singer, an educator, Grammy nominated, rep in Oakland, California. The DU goddess herself, Mystic, is on the Infinite Banter Podcast. What is up, Mystic? Greetings, what <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I forgot something. <laughs> oh, you didn't forget anything. I thought you said I, I forgot something. Oh, I probably did. I probably did forget I, no, I something. Thought that that was, I thought that that was super comprehensive. There you and go. I just want to say congratulations on having this be the 100th episode. It's crazy. That, that's big right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm here with you today. Yeah, it timed out perfectly that you're on it, so uh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. But speaking of anniversaries, you know, this album, Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom, and you've done a whole journey yourself, and people could go listen to your journey behind the, the making of that album and revisiting it after 20 years, and I've been playing it. I've got an old car, so I have a CD player in my car still, and I've been playing that CD the last two weeks and yeah, it's it's really bringing back some memories, and I'm finding new favorite songs on this album for myself. What was it like for you, just reflecting on 20 years of this album? And it's a lot to ask, but it's just... uh, uh, yeah. I mean, to reflect on the 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 album. I mean, part of the way that I, I I wanted to approach the 20th anniversary, as you said, people can you know find it on my IG, that girl Mystic, or on Spotify or other podcast platforms. Um, behind the journey, the podcast about making the album. But what I really did is I wanted to bring on as many of the producers and people who had informed my development, you know, the person who signed me, um, people who worked on marketing, people who took me on tour, people, you know, just, and my crew, Digital Underground, right? Right. And the reason I wanted to do that is because I didn't want to just sit down and talk about myself. I wanted to make sure that people understood it was a collective journey and the album Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom was really the manifestation of, you know, it seems like forever, but was really, I started Rhyma when I was um, 16. I started working with that when I was children, I started working with children when I was 17. And so having an album come out about 10 years into my career, 11 years into my career was the manifestation of the love and the guidance and my family and my crew and my development. But reflecting back on it was like, you know, somebody asked me, like, when you think back about it and you think about the, the the young woman who you were. So when I released the album, I was 27. As with a lot of artists, that first album that you write is like your whole life, right? right. So it had Everything you know life. from that point, right? Up until yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. It, it had all of my, my trauma, the death of my father, the fact that I had been raped, the people that I was losing in the streets to violence, exploring the world, you know, still sensing 
while writing some of that stuff that I would not be living through my 20s, but but also really deeply believing in healing and believing in love and believing in community. And so when I when I think back on making that album, I'm like, first of all, I had no idea what I was doing, but I think I did pretty well. Yeah. Um, I knew what I was doing as an artist, but I had never <laughs> made an album before, right? right. Secret album and the vibe and how, how conceptually and all that stuff um and working with producers and being like please change this or do that or I had never had the power to do that before the blessing the privilege to do that in the way that I did it and so I just kind of did it and I just <laughs> it worked out was the vulnerable person that 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 I think it is powerful to be and um and created you know, just sonically explored what it meant to be in my mid-20s in a world with so much going on and in that part of my healing journey. So I think that's a super long answer, and I'm not sure I No, it's fine. <laughs> but that's what, like, and, and, oh, and that's what I was saying is somebody asked me about what is it to look back, and I said, you know, if I were to tell that, tell that, tell that 20-year-old me something, I would just tell her, I love you, right? There you go. It's going to be all right. And um, I think sometimes it's wonderful when we are not bound by expectation of the public, you know, as artists and creatives. And when we are not, you know, we're not we're, we're not in the space of thinking about, OK, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. It's like when you're just in it and you live it and you're creating it and you're the artist making it happen. You know, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And in bringing everybody to, to talk about it kind of behind the scenes, it was important for me to bring in digital underground. You know, I realized with Shakti's passing, our fearless leader and brother and humanitarian and, you know, dope artist, a dope human, even doper human and somebody who I, I dearly, dearly, dearly loved and will love forever, that, you know, Shakti and I had been really um, we had a lot of conversations about not having me be presented as like the female rep, you know, like a female coming from a crew, right? Right. All respect due to 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 to, to female artists who have come with with crews, whether it be Kim or it be Foxy or Lauren or right. It's like whoever you rock with, that's dope. But Shock and I wanted to be really clear. I was my own artist and developing before I got brought into digital, right? I had already been on a record. And so my trajectory was kind of in motion, but I grew into who I am as a member. But we wanted to be careful. But the thing is, and, and so he's not all over it, right? His face is not all over right. it. Right. But he's playing piano on it. And the majority of the album is actually produced by members of Digital Underground. That's great. If people listen to the end of the life, I say, you know, Hiro, the you goddess, right? On cuts on, on current events, I say that I'm the D you goddess, right? I'm constantly referencing this and referencing my crew. People don't necessarily read liner notes, but if you go back and, and you have the CD. Oh so yeah. If you go back and, you, and you read the liner notes, I feel like it's really clear who my crew is, but in reflecting, I wanted to make sure that 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 people understood where I come from and who I'm who I'm connected to and how much I value and love um, my brothers. So again, long answer, but that's how I reflect. On it's a 20 year album that you can't sum that up in a few <laughs> words. <laughs> it's, and uh, I think like you're talking about going back to yourself in your 20s, or you talk to yourself back then, you'd say, 
people are going to be asking you about this album 20 years from now. Like, that's how important this album is and how much the collective of people that worked with you on it, whether it's production or artists like Planet Asia, and you know, like I said, Shock G, yeah. and it's there's yeah. so much into it. It's, it's 18 tracks. I mean, first of all, you don't even see albums that long anymore. <laughs> so it's already a commitment to listen to, you know, nowadays. Yeah. 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 Um, Although Alicia Keys just dropped an album today that's an hour and something. There you go. Long, the double album. But the, the, I mean, really, the CD is shorter than I would have liked. We had to trim the ending of some of the songs and the fade out uh-huh. where I would have um, have them ride out. But for, for people who didn't really grow up with CDs or for people who did but aren't necessarily aware, um, you know, the way that vinyl is limited and the way that CDs are limited or even cassette tapes is by a set amount of time. With vinyl, if you try to put too many things on and your grooves are not wide enough, you don't get the same depth of sound by trying to push. So the vinyl for Cuts for Luck and Scribes for Freedom back then was a three-piece set. The CD, I think, I I don't know, you can tell me, it's like 80-something minutes. Something like that, yeah. Like, within a minute or something of what would have been the breaking point where we couldn't produce a CD. And there actually were cassette tapes. People have like posted them and some people still have them. So to me, it's kind of dope that all those, all those formats exist. But what, what's beautiful about the 20th anniversary is that it's now really available digitally. Right. And it had been available really shortly digitally, but then was pulled down when it was put up. I don't know, uh, some years ago for a short period. I didn't know it, but I owned the Masters. <laughs> but um, but it was able to be pulled down when we circled back around for the 20th anniversary, which we started talking about some years ago, myself and my partner, Guy, my my, um, my business partner, Guy, that, you know, we, we came to realize and to understand that I own the Masters. And so we, we made some changes on the album. I, I made some changes on the album. I've been working with the Angel um, since I was like a teenager. The Angel is a dope producer and um, artist herself. And she not only produces music, she scores films. She, she, she's badass and right. she's dope. And she brought me in for um, a Donald Bird, for, for, it was a Blue Note Records um, type of thing. And we did a, we t- she took a Donald Bird song called Kofi. And I wrote a spoken word piece to it. She's the first person who ever got me to harmonize on a on a record. Wow. Jackie is the person who ever got me to sing an entire song in doing a cover of a Nina Simone. I was a straight MC who had no interest in singing. <laughs> but the angel was so deeply important, right? And so um, Destiny Complete as a song on the album. She and I did that. That wasn't made for my album. I think it says bonus track on the CD too. I don't. Yeah, yeah. and so. We- can come back to that but that that was not made for the album ghetto birds which she produced was made for the album and okay all right which was shock love that song um that also had been previously released um and it's part of the way that i got my deal people like bahamadia played it on the on her radio show that's um, crazy yeah and people were people were aware of that and and the angel was also uh her and kevin were also part of you know, turning good vibe records on to me. So shouts out to the angel, love her. Um, but the, we licensed those songs. Destiny Complete, I really, it, it didn't, conceptually it wasn't for the album. 
um, one of the owners of Good Vibe, Chris, really, really loved that song and wanted to put it on the album. And at the time, I was only going to be paid, which was really standard, for ten, for a 10-track album, right? Oh, wow. You exceeded and, that. <laughs> but, 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 I, I, but I had a 17-track album, which was fine because I'm about the art, right? But I said, if you want to put this song on, you got you to gotta pay me mechanicals. You got to pay me for an 11th song. Right. So I negotiated that, and that's how it went on and why it was labeled as a bonus track. But so for Destiny Complete and OKR Right, I don't own those masters. Those are those are licensed. It's a it's a more complicated situation. And that's part of the reason that why when the album was originally put up digitally, that it had to come down. And so for the 20th anniversary, I just wanted to put out masters that I own. So it exists in a slightly different format. People can find the CD or, you know, like you have. And if you have that, you have a you have an 18 track. If you don't have that, then you have a 16 track album. Uh, I see. Um, Ghetto Birds is still on there because I own the masters to it. But it was super important to me to like make this album available in like perpetuity, right? I own it. Nobody can Nobody can take it down. And so for the generations now, right? Because the album is 20 <laughs> years old. Yeah. For the generations, you can have a grandmother, a daughter, and a, and, and, a, and, 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 a, and the granddaughter who are all fans of my music at this point, right? Within That's crazy. One, I get messages <laughs> from folks who are mothers who are like, my kids love you. And so for other young people, Right. As you mentioned, I am an educator, community educator. I'm also an advocate for children and youth. Um, collectively, our collective children experience so much trauma and it's a hard world and it's hard. Right. It's hard to grow up in this world, and especially so, now. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> now, but I'm like some of the stuff, that, a lot of the stuff that I was writing about back then still relevant. Still happens. Yep. Poverty is still happening. The violence is still happening. Figuring out who we are as young women is still happening. Figuring out what healthy love can look like or doesn't look like as we are, are as we are developing. That's just part of being human. That's part of growing up. And so the the fact, you know, I, I just I want it to be available for for other young people who might not be seeing themselves represented in the music that's currently being created, or even if they do see themselves, this is another place for them to be able to see themselves and to think about who they are, and particularly for young folks who experience that trauma, like our trauma doesn't have to doesn't have to define us, right? I am not a victim, I am a survivor. And I think that the album cuts for left and scars for freedom. What it's part of what it like in some ways just most dopely represents is a moment in time where you can look into my journey from identifying as a victim to a survivor. And that fits into the title, doesn't it? Is that kind of where the title comes from? Cuts for Lux, Scars for Freedom? Yeah, I, 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 again, with Angel, we had um, on OKR Right, I had, I had had this idea for some time, right? Just in, in my mind. But it has the cuts for luck and thoughts for freedom. You will never feel my pain. Or you they will never feel feel your pain. So you'll defeat them. World in your eyes, ready to fly. You must make it to the next day. Defeat them. Right? So this idea and and 
and thanks for singing by the way on my on my podcast i appreciate you oh. mystic <laughs> <That's all good. laughs> i want to just let that go by and act like that didn't just happen so salute <laughs> but, but, but that's where that's where it came from right that's a, a, a originally where it was put in a song but it was coming from a concept that the cuts are for luck right the, the, the shit that i is it okay for me to say that on here indeed go for it okay <laughs> my daughter's only two and a half she doesn't listen yet so maybe down the road right right right, right, right. <laughs> um the things that i had experienced um that you know that were so traumatic those those are the those are the cuts and the cuts they 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 impact and inform um who we are right they dramatically impact our lives um, in, in, in different ways, positive and negative. But the, the cuts really are for freedom. But the scars, right, as we are on our healing journey, cuts for luck and scars for freedom, the scars are for freedom. That is when we start to heal. The scars are reminders, you know, of, of unforgiving life where the sun always shines, like I said in the outro album, right? That, that the cuts the cuts is just like all that, that trauma, but the cuts also, they make us stronger. They make us more. And they, if we start to be able to find the healing, and I want to be clear that healing is a journey. It's not some static moment that we find. (laughs) Um, But that in the healing, we start to find the, the freedom from that, from that trauma. So, you know, the, the, the title absolutely, the title absolutely reflects it. The cover art with me, with um, the little boy on the cover who people ask who the little boy is, that uh, was not my child. That is Daryl. He is um, CMG from the Conscious Daughter's son. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. CMG, uh, you know, um, special one and CMG. I'm about to call them by their, their the names their parents gave <laughs> But, you know, we're all family. We, we considered, we called ourselves the kindred. And so that's her son on the cover. But the cover is actually drawn from my idea of a tattoo that I wanted. There was a corner store by where I lived on Pearl Street. And so that's why I'm on a street by a liquor store. When I would walk to that street, back over on that street back in the day, they used to sell dope on that corner. Wow. But the deep on that corner always looked out for me and they always told me when I shouldn't be out there if it was super unsafe and it was nighttime sometimes they would walk me home right like and not in a I'm trying to holler way but like just be you know be safe you're not really supposed to be out here right Right. now but so that's the street and then me with the me holding the hand of a child with the tattoo I was supposed to be holding a gun in my right hand and holding the child's hand with my left hand representing that sometimes we have to make a decision to protect that in whom we love I wasn't going to put the gun on the cover yeah I was going to say what happened (laughs) tattoo but you know to have to have the child like children are my heart they were my heart then but it's also this balance of like the the coldness um that can often be in the streets but also the importance of the beauty and the love that we have in community and our family so i was obviously thinking about these things for a long time right before I ever sat down to make an album but i had very clear ideas right i knew that was the title i knew i knew that's what i want my cover art to, to my cover art to be did i know all of the songs that i was gonna make no but thank you to all the all the producers who gave me these beautiful you know these beautiful 
uh, lush pieces of music with banging drums for, for, for me to explore myself on. And of course, most people know the life. That is the big, big song yeah. off of that album and the video and everything. And I have the vinyl remix of you with Cam and Talib Kweli on the remix oh, version of oh, that, which is a banger oh. to this day still. Thank um, you. Thank you. Talk about that song, because that song obviously took things to the next level. Like, obviously, the album would have came out. It would have been great. Everyone would have loved it. But The Life is that song that obviously takes it to the next yeah. step. And it's in commercials yeah, and everything. Yeah. And Yeah. That song um, was produced by A-plus of Hieroglyphics. I came up with Hieroglyphics. I learned to freestyle with Hieroglyphics. All that. We were in high school. I remember when Souls got their deal and they owned their publishing. I wanted wow. to grow up them so you know i came up with dope dope people we were creating culture we were creating hip-hop it's not that people creating culture and hip-hop now but like we were actually creating it for the first time right that's the benefit that comes with (laughs) being being the age that we are is that we literally grew up with hip-hop we literally yeah we literally grew up with hip-hop so a plus produced it we lived um our moms lived across the street from each other when we were in high school um, and my mom moved out and I kept the apartment and, and, and Adam's mom moved across the hallway. So Adam, so, so a plus had the, had, had his apartment. So anyways, you know, I, I would be over there all the time and we would freestyle and work on stuff. And there were tracks that I dug, but he played that track. And I just, I asked if I could have it. And he said, yes. Oh, wow. It, <laughs> there it, it whatever is. was going on that, whatever was going on that day where that, that track didn't go to souls or didn't go to Hyro. I don't know, but he said I could have it. And I took it, I took it back across the street. I took it home and I began to write. Um, and it was recorded well into the the process for the, for the album. And I, and I wrote a singing song. Obviously there's, there's a rap in there for people who saw the VH1 version. There's no rap. And that's because. Yeah. I remember those days. On VH1 soul back then you had, you had radio stations that wouldn't that that played soul and R and B, but wouldn't wouldn't play rap. And so there was a version where the, the the rap was removed. Yeah. So I wrote a singing, and it was the first like the first the first singing song, complete singing song I had written. So again, I don't know how to do this, right? <laughs> right. But and it's not that I hadn't been playing and writing things, but that was the first song singing song that I had written. That I went into the studio and I did those harmonies based on stuff I learned working with Angel, but I didn't know how to do that. Again, I want for anybody who's like a developing artist to understand that like trusting yourself in the process and and also working with dope people who will tell you, nah, that shit is whack. That that you can you you can kind of develop anything that you wanna you wanna do. Try it out. Don't limit yourself in your tools in your in your art box. So, anyways, I. I wrote it and I was sitting there waiting for the 11, which was a bus route. And, um, and Adam walked by and I told him I wrote the song and, and he was like, dope. I said, but I'm singing on it. And he raised his eyebrows. Right. Nobody expected me to do that. Right. Nobody anticipated that that's what I would be doing. And so, you know, we record, I recorded the album in LA at Sound Image Studios with my engineer, Matt Lavella, who is still my engineer 20 plus years later. When we recorded it, there was, there was, you know, there was a vibe in the studio. There were a couple comments made that I, that, that, that I as like the, I am committed to the craft artist that I am, didn't appreciate. Like somebody said, cha-ching, right? And I'm like, oh God, that feels yucky. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't want that. Because right? I love it. And listen what I'm singing about, right? <laughs> and so we record the song and Current Events was put out first. Wasn't on the album, but Current Events was put out put out first. And I was so excited because it went number one on college radio. Love that other. song, by the way, with Chops so, on production. And was it Revolution doing yeah, the, the cutting? Yeah, Chops on the production. Yeah, Mountain Brothers. Yeah. And we put that out. And so just as an MC, it's dope to go. It was dope to go number one on college radio. I think it still is. And to go number one as a female MC on it was also very dope. The way that we planned the rollout for the album was that the life was coming and then it was supposed to be girlfriend, sister girl, and then it was supposed to be Neptune's jewels. And so when the life was released, it's interesting because not everybody was in full support of it, but my album was released July 31st, 2001. And then 9-11 happened, right? Oh, so right. Yeah. Started playing it more. VH1 started playing it more. Radio had already been playing it, right? So it was growing. You know, I was on a tour with MTV, Sisters of Soul tour with myself and India Irie headlining and other artists like Khalees and Reese. And oh, shout out to Reese. She's been on the show and her album was 20 years too. So it's her album is 20 years. It's crazy. I feel so old. linked us in new york like around the time our albums were supposed to come out like you guys have to know each other and i was like your shit is so dope right it was just it was a dope time in music yeah um, and then dj jazzy's joyce was on that on that tour and so um some folks i think the angel might have been the one who linked me with them who were working on licensing it was them who brought in the use uh bud light the life um, in a commercial, I try to make sure that people understand they didn't have the power to just do that. I had to, I had to approve it, right. A plus prove it. You know, Adam was willing to approve it. He was like, if you, if you, if you're down with it, I'm down with it. And I had a conversation with my mother, and 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 she she it was so beautiful. We were standing in her front her front garden, different house, but her front garden. And she said, you know, Mandy, which is what she calls me. She said, you know, you're somebody who 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 does the work in the community. You're somebody who is about justice and who does these. And sometimes you got to take the money so that you can do the work. And I asked, I asked the the person who brought it to me, I said, go back to them and and ask them what, what are, um, what are they doing to benefit black communities? Right. There you go. And, And again, this is me not, really understanding at the time that I'm asking this massive corporation to justify themselves to me. They returned a list of organizations that they fund. Um, I was able to see a cut of the video and I appreciated the way the black women were visually represented, right? They didn't have no clothes on. So it was your typical beer commercial or whatever that we might remember from back then. Good. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was, it was different. And so we approved it to be on there, but you know, it was used in, in television shows and, and all different kinds of places. And there are still people who primarily know that, who primarily know that song. But if people listen to it, not just feel it and go, oh, that feels good, right? Because it's a, I think it's a song that feels good. Um, You know, you have that come on loudly when the sun is shining, like, it's great. Babies dance to that song, right? It feels good. Adam did a marvelous job um, with with music. And, you know, I did all right. Um, with what I was doing as the vocalist on it. Um, <laughs> but no, it's one of those songs where, like, you know, God, the goddess, the universe, you know, flows through you, which to me is 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 most songs. But it just, it was so easy to, it was so easy to write. Um, but if people listen to it lyrically, 
I'm talking about people who are incarcerated. I'm talking about mothers on welfare. I'm talking about how it's a good day when nobody uses their gun and we just get to kick back and drink a beer, right? I'm talking about understanding that we need to guard our life by our lives by any means. I'm talking about how politicians are not the people who run the world. It was kind of it, it was it was kind of oh gosh. The fact that that got on commercial radio. That's a victory. Yeah. About those, right. And and the power of the people. <laughs> the fact that it got on the radio, I think it just felt good. And a lot of people weren't paying attention to what I was saying. Really? But if people <laughs> listen to what I'm saying, then I think the rest of the album, the rest of the album makes sense. Although, you know, there's much kind of heavier songs on the album than the life. When you heard the uh, track originally, did it, did it make you think that you wanted to sing as opposed to rhyme on it? I mean, you did rhyme on it, of course, but I mean, was that the vibe you were feeling when you first heard A plus working on it? You're like, I got to sing on this. I can't just, you know, drop no, it. Yeah. No, I, no, no. So here's the thing, right? Like I said, I was just a straight up MC. No interest in singing. I did not grow up singing, right? I mean, I grew up singing along to records and like, you know, with a life full of music. But um, part of what I learned with digital um, and I got to tour with digital over the course of like two years. Um, and I essentially went home to go make my album. I was offered a deal. I sat on the bus with shock. I was in tears because I wanted to stay on the road and take the deal and make the album. And he was like, I'm going to tell you, like I told Pac, you have to go fly. And Shaq used to call me, you know, he would call me, do you got us? But he would also just call me stick. And he said, stick, you know, you got to go home and make the album. Digital Underground is very, very much, he considered it to be like a school, right? Where you come in. Yeah, he's a professor. <laughs> and, 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 and do all these things. Look at the, those of us who come through it. Pac and Saphir and Essential and, you know, just so many people. I hate to get into like names about it. But the, yeah, he sent me home to go and make the album. But part of what I learned in being on the road with digital and being a member of digital is like we were the most singingest but rapping crew That's ever. true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and but we were down to battle. Right. And all these types of things. But like we used to love to sing along to the records. And part of what I learned was that like part of what shock allowed me without saying you should do this stick is he just provided. Right. And then the brothers, everybody else also was part of creating that space of just like be yourself. Right. Do what you like. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> how, how yeah. you, but how you, how you want to dress and, 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 and how you want to represent. And it's okay to be happy, even though the world is falling apart. We have to, we have to, we have to dance and we have to love too. But I started, I started removing the walls that I had put up about what it meant to me to be an MC. Cause to me, to be an MC was to, was to spit. Right. Right. MCs don't, don't sing. Yeah. Although there, there, although there were the folks like Latifah, who yeah. I loved did, right? Lauren um, Hill, Ladybug. Yeah, there's a yeah, few but, at but, that but time. I, yeah. But but Lauren I started rhyming before Lauren before her album blew up, right? So you you have to think in the context of me starting to rhyme when I was sixteen, which would have been um, you know, <laughs> I'm forty seven. <laughs> so so 
at this time where, you know, I'm listening to KRS one, right. you know, there's, there, there's these, these kind of, uh, battles going on within the culture. Let's use KRS one and PM Don as an example, right? Where like, there's the boom bap. And then you have an artist who's like, you know, you go back and listen to PM Don and you're like, Oh, that shit is kind of dope. Right. Some of that stuff. Right. But you weren't allowed to like them. If you're like a hardcore hip hop fan, right. it yeah, just, it wasn't it's not cool. Baby, right? So uh, this is what I'm thinking it's supposed to be. Although I hella respect people like Latifah and 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 really, there was a lot of that kind of stuff happening within within BDP, right? Um, and also other crews, but 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 really, Latifah was such a, a amazing representation of that. Poor Righteous Teachers, a beautiful, amazing representation of that. And so with within digital, though, I just I was able to to figure out that to start figuring out that I wanted to use all the tools in my toolbox and the angel by having me harmonize was like, Oh gosh, that sounds dope. Right. I never heard myself do that. That's awesome. And then that the, the fact that Shaq had me come in and cover gloomy Sunday as a, you know, a song as the first song I ever sang, like why he believed that I could do that. I don't know. He had a knack for that. Didn't he? Like he could see what somebody else maybe doesn't see in themselves or musically, especially. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I just realized that I could use all the tools in my box. I started to realize that I could be all the parts of myself, right? Once a week on Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom. That's very much about the, 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 the sexual empowerment of women and how we can be able to dictate the nature of a relationship, right? And what we want for you from, from, from you as a man that we get to set the boundaries we get to set the protocols you, for, you know don't 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 push on that right you're not running this i'm running this <laughs> and so and so again to be part of a crew where women are celebrated sexuality is celebrated rhyming is celebrated singing is celebrated revolution is celebrated all these things are celebrated you know that 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 absolutely impacted who I am as an artist. So your question was whether I knew I was going to sing on the life. Absolutely not. But what I was started doing on that album and understanding on that album was that sonically, like within my own body, that certain things felt like they should be rhymed and certain things felt like they should be sung. That makes sense. And literally like singing the chorus to fatherless child, that was self, self, self soothing right um the life and the way it feels it's like that felt good in my own body and so part of creating the album was translating what felt good in my own body there was this corner in the radio studio uh, in the studio that um i called the corner the bass corner and i could go stand in the corner and i could feel whether the bass lines were moving the bass sounds the bass lines were moving up through my body or if they were being pulled down into the floor. Think about for people who are listening, you ever be some ways we're in a club and something comes on and the and the baseline really drags down into the floor. It right. it, it feels different energetically speaking than baselines that hit kind of in your, you know, kind of kind of a little bit higher up in your belly and then they radiate up through your body. And so I didn't know that I was dealing you know, I was dealing with, you know, the the the, the healing powers of sound or any of those things back then, but I knew that that I knew how things felt. And so the life just felt, it just, it felt like that's what I was supposed to do. You know, songs that I just rhyme on that felt like what I was supposed to do. But I mean, I'm rhyming and singing all over the album, right? 
Yeah, Dream is another one. That's that was another standout song for me. Yeah, singing on that one as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And just really kind of mixed it together. And I mean, I still mix it together to this to this day. Back then, I might have had a little bit more hesitation about like how I was going to be perceived when the life was going to be sent out as a single. I was deeply concerned that people were not going to know that I was the MC. That was gonna be my question. Like, was there any kind of uh, surprise? I'm sure some people heard the life and didn't know anything about you and they get the album and they're like, whoa, what is going on? <laughs> this is a hip hop record. I, I always think of it like yeah. Everlast when he had his album and people are like, whoa, this guy rhymes. He doesn't just sing like same thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I imagine that there was some, there was some, yeah, absolutely. There was some surprise on people's part, but if they heard <laughs> the life with the rap in it, some right. people thought it was somebody else rhyming on it. Right. And it wasn't me. And I'm like, really? I think it sounds just like me. I just, <laughs> and I'm singing over here. Who did you think and, it was? <laughs> right? um, but it wasn't. So it, I, 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 I want to do a side detour there is that when my album came out, it was not standard and normal for artists to, who were MCs to rhyme their verses and sing their own hooks. You would put other people on the hook. Yeah. Right. In 2021, we see artists doing this all the time. Right. Some of the biggest artists that exist. Um, last night was the Kanye Drake, Larry Hoover um, benefit concert. You know, look at them. It's not that they don't have other people come and sing on their records, right. but it's normalized for, for, for particularly for artists like Drake or some some of the, many other artists to have all the singing and rhyming combined. Um, but when Lauren did it, it wasn't normalized like that yet. When I did it, it wasn't normalized like that yet. And so, yeah. I think people were surprised by finding the album. But again, listen to what I was saying. And there was a rap in it. But I was concerned that when, when the life was going out as a single, particularly because there was this, you know, what we called the VH1 version that had no, that had no rap on it. It just, you know, had a, had a, I added a bridge to it, a singing bridge, as opposed to a rhyming bridge. Um, I was concerned. Yeah, I remember rhyming. I hated it when I heard it. The V103 is a station out here that does that. Like, they just play stuff like Waterfalls. They take out Left Eye's part. You'd be like, why don't even play it then? Forget yeah, it. Like, why yeah, are you even yeah, bothering? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it represents, a, it represents a particular a particular time, right? You're playing 75% but, of the song. Know, but, people, but people got it. It's just like people saw the life video yeah. and they saw these bright roses and colors and children and my crew and babies. And, you know, it's the way it feels. And they're like, I thought you were aware a head wrap, you know, burn your incense type cake. And I'm like, well, I love a good head wrap. And I love my incense and my candles. But you have to understand that part of who I am and that what is sonically reflected in my music is that I was born on a hippie commune and spent time growing up on an organic farming collective, but also was growing up in urban settings. And I am the balance of those. I, I am the balance of those. Yeah. Those type of things the same way that what what I represent is kind of this place between our world is falling apart and this is what's wrong. And gosh, we need to love each other more. And there's a way to get out of this on the other side. I hesitate to call it a duality because that means there's only two, two, two. That would mean there's like two parts. But, right. you know, we're all multifaceted as human beings. And so as an artist, I'm multifaceted and you know, as a, now and for some time now, I could really care less whether people 
think that I'm a singer or they think that I'm an <laughs> MC. There's yeah. some people who really just know me as an educator. There you go. There's right. some people who know me for my food um, and the cooking that I do. And then people start, or some people know me as a scholar, right? A published scholar on equity and education in elementary, you know, at school level and in international context and public policy. And I'm not going to start talking in that language in those other parts, right? But that some people only know me in these places. And the reality is, is that I am all of those pieces. There's not one label. Yeah. There's not, there's not one label. So, I mean, I will forever be an MC, right? Don't get it twisted. And for people who think I just sing, I am an MC all day, right? Don't, 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 don't ever get it. <laughs> you better watch uh, out before you drop a 16 on them <laughs> and their career, like Harrison would say. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I want people to thrive, right? But I, I, I still will absolutely let you know what I represent and how I move, right? I'm now more, I'm just, I'm an artist. Not to be like Prince and be like, I am the artist or right. I am... You know, not in that in that sense, but look, I'm an artist and I'm an artist. I make visual art with children. I rhyme. I sing. I do spoken word. I'm a poet. I don't share those poems publicly. My cooking is art. You know, the way I love is art. Um, I facilitate arts with children. I'm an artist. And thank God I, I I'm. I'm not bound by the way that we bind ourselves when we're when we're young, and it's totally normal to to, to bind ourselves when we're teenagers, and we think the the world works one way, or we're in our early twenties. Thinking so think, small and in your own little bubble until you branch out yeah, and live and a little bit, right? Out, like, I don't have to be limited. I don't need to be one thing. I I I am dynamic, and you know we have to unlearn a lot of things. You know that we're we're taught through the education system, but again, I won't deeply into education educational speak well it's very important and you know being in our 40s i think that that helps me at least <laughs> i feel like i've yeah. grown more i used to be that dude like oh if it's not you know boom bap i don't want to hear it or this and yeah. that and you know to some degree I, there's, that's still there but not like it used to be at all that was part one of my interview with mystic talking about her album cuts for luck scars for freedom 20 year anniversary and right here we're gonna play a new song from her one that's not from that album but when everybody needs to hear this one's called we are the people all around the world and we'll talk about this song on the other side of this so once you hear this song we'll come back to the interview and we'll start talking about this track definitely go check mystic out at mysticworldwide.com get on the mailing list check out all the things she has to offer she's very very much interactive with her fans so definitely check her out but here we go this is mystic we are the people all around the world and on the other side of this will come back to part two of my interview with mystic talking about the 20 year anniversary of cuts for luck scars for freedom here on the 100th edition of the Infinite Banter Podcast. Let's go. Power to the people. We won't be stopped. We will unify. Are you ready? Let's go. About the grace of being grown, watching children in the streets, spanning continents and time zones. Been off teaching 
baby, seek the knowledge, do the work. They kill my mentee in the street. I love you, Brandon. Mother Moon whispers if we really stop and listen. Practice breathing as a prayer. My cheeks, they glisten for babies in cages and families crossing borders. If you support this president, then you were out of order. See, you picked a side. You can't stand on mine. You are a risk to my existence. We're not the same kind. You would never die for the people. I'm a woman of the people. We will never be equal. We, we are the people. Fighting for G. You spell it with a K and not with a C. 
The crew that I represent is the Underground Army. And I want to say happy anniversary to DJ Soundwave and Infinite Banter. 100 episodes strong. That's right. Keep it 100. Yo, this is Mr. Hooper. As heard on episode 54, Too Low to Get Under. Sending much love and respect out to my man DJ Soundwave and the Infinite Banter podcast for episode 100, a major milestone. Keep it going, my man, from here to infinity. Let's jump back into my conversation with Mystic. Make sure you check out her website, mysticworldwide.com. And let's talk more about her 20th anniversary of her landmark album, Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom, here on the 100th episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. You talked yep. about kids doing art. I, this is going off a little yep. bit off the ramp here, but the video I just saw today for We Are the People, I thought it was awesome. Seeing all the kids' yeah. drawings and everything. And yeah. I mentioned I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and she brings yeah. home stuff from the daycare. Uh how excited were those kids to do that? I can't even imagine how much fun that would have been for that video. And everybody uh, listening, go check out that video. Yeah. Um, so that video, what people see and what you saw is um, I, you know, I have a bunch of educator friends. And that was done with a first grade class, with, but being taught by my favorite kindergarten teacher. Kindergarten is that those are my people. That's although I work with the lifespan. But um, this teacher moved with them from one year to the to the next, and she really wanted when I released it, um, released we are the people all around the world. She she wanted to incorporate it into her curriculum. And what we what we decided on is that that um, the song would be played, you know, a clean version of the song, and then. What they that what they, what the kiddos did is they they made cover art. It's awesome. Single, and they also you know had questions and and we did a question and answer. I I haven't released. I don't think I've released that video publicly, but I might um, because it's uh, uh, well that's actually for a different class. But um, they they drew these and then what we did via Zoom is we all got on with Zoom and they all like explained to me what was on their cover art. And then I just, I really, I tried to love them up, right? Because right. our, uh, particularly our black and brown and, and indigenous children and children in economically vulnerable communities. Um, and being that so much of our education system is not done using culturally relevant or sustaining pedagogies or approaches that, where where these children can can see themselves so to speak right they understand not only is their culture beautiful and who they are and their communities are beautiful but that also that even when you're five and six you have the power to help transform your community in the world and that big people don't don't enough helps facilitate spaces where children can empower themselves and understand that they are that they are the leaders and so within that conversation as they're explaining the cover art and really it just warms my heart some of them put me up in a house and they put hearts in there it's incredible loving each other you know um that you know just we could we could talk about them being able to help change the world and i could just i could love them i could love them up and and that people you know young people little people they're interested in you know are the babies really in cages right or did right. you did they just don't get what they want right and what do you what do you mean that your 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 mentee was murdered and what do you mean by you know the world is on fire and 
What do you, right? And so I answered these questions, but on a deep level, children have been able to connect with that song in a way, right? It has children singing on the chorus. Right, and it fits, yeah. Yeah. Right? And I'm singing, we want our children to, to, to thrive. So I'm singing with the children. And um, yeah, it was just, it was such a deeply moving experience for me. And I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you saw the video. I don't know if people will get it through the video, but if they listen to it here, they'll be able to understand that, that having the opportunity to, to love up and to support children, you know, who are, who, who are experiencing so much in the world and watching their faces light up and starting, I always start off with every group, right? Whether it's adults or, or little people where I will say, I love you, right? I don't know you, but I love you. I'll tell your listeners too. I don't know you, but I love you. Uh, you know, you and I, I don't know you hella well, but I love you. Right. Appreciate and, it. And, and yeah, over <laughs> that's awesome. You give those positive vibes out on Instagram too. I mean, people could see it. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm cl- I hope so. But with that particular group of children or any group of children that I've been able to, to facilitate with, whether it's in connection with my music or otherwise, you watch their eyes light up. Right. You tell them that they're beautiful. They say, well, you know, they told me that I'm not beautiful because my hair. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. You are beautiful and you are brilliant and you are loved. Right. And I and I value you. I see you. You you just you watch them. You you watch their hearts open. You watch their eyes open. You you watch them, you know, start to feel different about themselves. Like, all right, this person kind of this big person kind of gets me, right? They believe that I'm important. They believe that I'm powerful. They believe that I'm worthy. Um, and so, yeah, I had that experience with, with those children with that art. But that's just my that's just the way I facilitate with children, period. And the kind of spaces that I really try to to help create. And then with big people, it's the same thing. Part of the reason I ask people how their heart is doing or say, I hope your heart is well, is that, you know, with children, very often they walk into spaces and educational spaces uh, or schooling spaces and it's like time to learn and it's like wait a minute right if you're facilitating with children who have or are experiencing trauma it's yeah you have to be you know how was your weekend did you sleep okay are you hungry do you need anything to eat how is your heart today how are you feeling would you like me to sit with you for a while do you need a hug what do you need how can I help you, right? With big people, I may ask more, how can I love you better, right? It's the same way as asking, what do you need? How can I help you? And so to do that with them, big people need that. Big people need that It sounds too. so simple, but yeah, that's, you're right. That's what I try to do um, on my Instagram. And, and Instagram has turned into like a really wonderful platform for me because there's so many different ways. We can do video, we can add vocals, you know, we can do these things. And, you know, I was really digging Clubhouse for a while, but then I was just like, that's just too much talking. <laughs> you can't it's show your food talking. on Clubhouse, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. And yeah, and I can post my, my, my food on IG, but really it's just like, look, life is hard. And I myself have experienced some, some pretty intense trauma, you know, um, and lost people who I love dearly. 
through some of that, right? To have both my my father and then my, you know, just my my brother, my mentor, my leader. To have them both die of drug overdoses, you know, is just devastating for me. Um, and so I intimately, I intimately know these things, but you know, I, as I say, love is revolutionary, and I believe it's an incredibly important to hold on to our joy, to hold on to the love, and and to kind of tie it back to cuts for luck and scars for freedom. I was in process of learning to be who I am now, right? I was yeah. in that in that journey, and there's so many different songs, but you know, I, I got to ask you, right? Oh yeah, what I was asking you of what for you as being in your forties and going back and listening to it to prepare for this podcast, like what did you hear anything different or what might've stood out to you more? Like I'm interested in that. Well, of course, like I was saying, you know, I was a definitely a boom bap guy going back then. So the W with mm-hmm. planet Asia, that track was always like the one yeah. I would skip to, you know, salute to yeah, planet, one of the nicest side, ever. Side note, pause, quick pause. That's the one I got nominated for a Grammy for, right? There you go. Wasn't single, wasn't anything, but we got, <laughs> we got nominated for a Grammy. So, Shout out to my brother Asia and also Spontaneous produced that. I didn't get nominated for The Life. I got nominated for W. If you don't do the research, you would think, oh, it's got to be The Life. Of course, that's the song that was the big yeah. hit. That's, that's got all um, the accolades. The best, the best rap song collaboration category was new that year. Eve and Gwen Stefani are the, are the folks who won that category. But in, in, in sharing that and salute to them, um, let me blow your mind, right? That, that was, was a, a monster hit, rap. yeah. Yeah, it was, but that it gives you an indication of what of what that category was about, and that was probably the way that they were able to kind of sneak me in, right? Um, and for people who are not familiar with the Grammy nomination process, um, I am an advisor for the board for the San Francisco chapter of the Recording Academy. Oh, wow. And, and so I've gotten an even deeper understanding, although I knew somewhat that um, I mean, it's just a volunteer role, right? But I, I'm trying to help transform the Recording Academy from the inside out. The nominating process, there was a point to it that that I, and, and I'm going to share it here because I think it's important for people to understand who may listen to your show but may not may not access the information is, first of all, if you are an artist and, and you want to even be thought of to be in the running to, 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 to receive a Grammy, you have to, you don't have to be a member of the Academy, but you need to submit your music, brothers and sisters, you need to, as long as it meets the, the, the criteria that's necessary, which is uh, basically having it released on a commercial platform, um, you know, Spotify, you need to have it out. You know, selling it on the street is not going to suffice. But what happens is you submit it and then it's not like anybody picks you. You submit your material. And then those of us who are members, your peers, we vote on on whether we think that you should be moved into the to the next round. And then that once that happens, what you get are are the, like the people who are nominated for Grammys right now. That's the final that's the final round. It is all peers. And so I, I share that to say that I was nominated for uh, Asia and I were nominated in the category we were. But in the first round, seven of my songs were submitted or something like that. Oh, I, see. Um, so I had sense. no idea that was done. Right. I had no idea that people submitted my music for the Grammy. And that's also something to understand that, like, your label can submit it an artist can submit it. 
I was truly surprised that I was nominated. Yeah, sometimes but as a I fan, had, I never knew how they I had did that. I interrupted you because my question was about you. Yeah. No, as a fan, I would say with the Grammy, sometimes I always thought that they, they were picking out of a hat because it seemed like they never knew what the right songs were for certain categories, <laughs> you know, or, or hip hop. I'm like, uh, I don't know why that person's in there. But yeah, this album, I mean, like, as I was saying, like, W was a big song. Of course, The Life. I remember yeah. loving that track. And, uh, you know, Ghetto Birds. Those are songs I was gravitated to. Is And I'm listening to it now, older, and as I mentioned, I'm a dad now. You know, Fatherless Child and A Dream, those songs are are different now. I've, I've, I'm hearing them with different ears and different experiences. So definitely, yeah, Fatherless Child, is that's a, def, that one obviously is very personal for you. And, you yeah. know, I, I never want to be in that position, obviously. So, you know, that I think right, of that song differently. Right. You know, yeah. like, there's yeah. someone else here now. I'm not just that single dude. So that song really means a lot. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and I love OK All Right. I mean, that song is just... Mm bangs <laughs> i love that damn track and uh oh, the, yeah. the end of it with the answering machine message just really takes it home and and the thing is is that that answering message wasn't wasn't part of that song right it may seem that way it seems like it when i play it okay and so that was actually an a, a message that shock left me right he shock is notorious any of us who know him i mean in the later years like more recently he was very into sending videos where he would talk to you but back then he would leave you these long these long messages on your phone machine your answering machine and that was a message that he that he left and that was a realization that he that he had so that wasn't recorded for the album that was an actual that was an actual phone message that's awesome it just yeah. shows who he is. And then talks about making food at the end of the message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he always loved that. He always loved that song. But he, too, didn't. When, when he's like, I didn't realize the name of your, your album is in the, in the record, right? <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's great. what I was earlier on, on your podcast is that's where it comes from. But he always loved the song. He, he, he loved the way that he loved the way that that song, that song felt. It really seemed like Shock was just one of those one of those artists that just knew how to help cultivate talent and he knew what was there. And, you know, I had money be on here about a year and some change ago. And uh, he gave some great stories about first meeting shock and the whole Humpty hump thing. What was your encounter with first meeting money B and, and shock? Was it simultaneously? Or was it different times in life? Oh, no, no. Mun, you know, Mun is part of raw fusion, right? He has his own, kind of thing too so he and I were doing shows together and like I knew Clee and I knew them just being around around and that's part of what came out in the behind the journey conversations that I did I would ask people where did you first where do you remember when we first met or what have you and for a lot of people it was like I saw you in a cypher right or we were at a show together or you know and so I knew Mun and Clee and and a bunch of them just like personally, you know, Shock was, he was on a different level. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's layers to the way that I say that. And, um, you know, he wasn't so much out at the spaces where I would be out with Mun, right? Or I would be out with Klee. Um, and Mun, as you know, from your conversation with him, he, he too was a diehard like MC, right? And so much about hip hop. Um, and what he, you know, he, he was going to battle folks and what have you. But um, <laughs> I, there, there's another member of Digital by the name of Tyranny. And Shock had apparently come out. I was doing, I had, I, 
there was this, it was the Josh Jones trio, I think. And Josh was on the drums and Shahrazad was singing. And I, I, I started to rhyme with them a bit and got to do some cool stuff in like more of the jazzy world. And we performed at a club in San Francisco and Shock saw me there, apparently. And he was like, you were on stage and you had on this Kango and you had a drink in one hand. You were smoking a cigarette on stage and you were so cool. Right. So he had seen me somewhere, but for tyranny, just one day he said, you know, shock wants you to. And so by then I had met him maybe a couple of times and he said, shock wants you to, to come through. Um, he has an idea. He wants you to do, be on something. And so I ended up going over to his spot. It was over by the lake. And we, we, I've told this story. We, we stayed up like all night, um, him playing the keys and we were freestyling, rhyming and singing back and forth with each other. And then, you know, played until we like both fell asleep on the, on the living room floor. <laughs> and, um, and that's when he decided that I could sing that song. And I think that was the, and that would have been in 90, 95, 96. I moved to, I moved to Miami, Florida in 1996 for half of the year. So I had already recorded, I had already recorded that with shock in like 1995. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's when he was like, yep. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring her in. That's... And then while I was in Miami, Pop died. And, you know, there was a lot that was, that was going on. And somebody asked me recently, like, you know, how did you become a member and who asked you to be a member? And I'm like, I don't think every, anybody ever asked me. It just, it was, I did ask mine is, you know, can, can I, can I really put on the record that I'm D, the D you goddess now? Right. But I have been calling myself a goddess on record since the Brothers Under Madness album, which I was on the title track to their first oh, wow. album. And so I have been doing that. And but Mun said he laughed at me and he said, you know, yeah, absolutely. So it was just like I just became and it's it just was family. So there's no application. It's not like you have to give a resume or something. Right. Yeah, there wasn't. It's just like you, you, you got to be around and you are. And then he. And and then, and then you know he decides. But I mean, I was I was well loved and respected by the entire crew. That was, and there's different iterations of digital, right? Um, where people were part of. And once you're digital, you're always digital. But I mean, like who might have been on tour, who was on the records, or who was front facing. And so all, uh, well, no different iterations or folks from earlier iterations also respected and loved me. Um, the ones that I met and knew and who were around, but you know, shock just had to love me. And so one of the most beautiful images that I have continuing to run through my mind after his, you know, transitioning him becoming our ancestor is, um, and this shows you how young I was. Right. And I say, I was a broken black girl, but he could see my light still. Right. So you can say, yeah, he could see people's potential and what they could do on records. But for me, I really, you know, I agree with that. Also, at the same time, he could see my light and that I still believed in love. He was very much about like people and the spirit of people. But anyways, he, he came walking into um, CMG from the Conscious Daughters through my 20. She threw me a surprise 21st birthday party and Shock walked in with his afro in the sunshine, you know, carrying bottles of vodka and what have you and with other folks of the crew. And I just 
Yeah. I just, I, I keep, I keep seeing that because it was such a, it was such a, you know, it's such a beautiful memory to me, even though I was more broken then. It's such a, such a beautiful memory to me, but it's also a story that represents like how much of us are, are really young when we come into digital, right? When we're brought into digital, that we were teenagers, that we were, you know, and, and, you know, it's one of the most, be- to, to, to have the family that I have, not just the crew there, to have the family that I have is is one of the greatest the greatest things in in my entire life and i said this recently on some some ig live post or something but that you know digital underground is a family and that includes our mamas and our daddies and our children and our godchildren and to be as fiercely loved as we love each other um is awesome and i gained family through becoming a member of digital underground not just that i got to become part of this amazing legendary crew but that i found family and i learned what it meant more to take care of others you know it was me and and 11 black men on the road and going through the south and in other places and so I, i i learned how to i learned how to not be so maybe firecracker ish right i need think about what the response would would be from my brothers but you know i learned how to laugh in a way that I never knew how to laugh. And I learned how to love in a way that I, that, that, that I probably, I had experienced, right. My mother's love for me is unconditional. Other people have unconditional love for me, but like I was able to understand it as unconditional love, right. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. I love you. It doesn't matter if I'm unhappy with you, I will get on stage and love you. I will forget that I am, that I am not happy with you. And so I, I got that. I, I got all I got all those things that love that family that laughter that that healing and and shock set in motion for me a great part of my healing because you couldn't not laugh and be around him and I think you know sometimes people do these exercises in circle where everybody laughs for a minute and what happens is when you start doing it you're like oh god you know I have to pretend that I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Right. But then as you start looking at this circle and everybody's laughing, everybody starts laughing for real and the laughter grows louder. And yeah, that's part of what that's part of what he gifted me. And he gifted me knowledge of creating stage plots and how you run a tour and how you do all those things. Absolutely. Right. And to be free in my creation. But through digital, I got family, you know, and not and not everybody, not everybody, not everybody has that. Right. Not everybody has that within this this music, this music, this music game, this music industry or just in life generally. So I am in absolute gratitude, you know, Shakti forever, Digital Underground forever. I love my crew. So, of course, I gave a long answer on that. No, that's it. People always ask who you're with. Do you? Right. I mean, that's that comes right back to (laughs) it. Right. Always. Now, I remember I, I've seen them twice, and I, I think you were with them when I saw them here in Chicago at the Cubby Bear as back oh, when Who Got the Gravy. The yeah, it was a wild show. I That was crazy. Oh, yes, with our popcorn and our champagne. Yeah, I think I got drenched food. a little bit. What'd you say? <laughs> with the wine. He was uh, Hump was shaking the, the wine bottle or whatever, champagne. I think yeah, he, he sprayed yeah. some of us in the uh, first couple rows yeah, there. Yeah, it was 
part of my responsibility, right? Because I want to be clear. I didn't just get to come on stage, you know, just like Pac, I had to be a roadie until shock pulled. It was like, okay, you've learned enough, right? You're not going to do that. I also think enough people were like, she's the only female in your crew and she's up there breaking down stage after the shows, you know, with the rest of the, the, the younger members of digital who are doing that. So who knows what the real story is of why I got pulled off there. But but part of my responsibility, um, you know, and folks helped, um, but was to pack up the party packs and condoms and stuff in there and to open the champagne so that it was ready to take on stage. Is, here's the thing is that a, the show may look super wild and all of those things, but you're only on stage when you're supposed to be on stage. Everything, right. you know, you, you have these kind of, you know, things that happen in a show that you can never control and you can never plan, but the, the structure and the order and the, what, what, what we are supposed to be doing as members of the band, all that was very clear, right? You needed to do what you were supposed to, you were supposed to do. There you so, go. It was a small know. stage too. So I don't think everybody could be yeah. up there at the same but time anyway, Bear, if I remember. Is still open? Do you know? I know if the Cubby Bear is still there as a venue? It's still there. Um, I don't I'm know with COVID if, if it's still we're, concerts. We're, or anything and and on my own right i love that yeah it was great um i've seen so many shows there i was a run dmc there and uh way back in the 90s while it's going way back and then i saw yeah. you with black eyed peas at house of blues yeah 2001 um yeah. i remember yeah. you tore the house down when you did uh girlfriend sister girl that was a song that people really were getting into i that's i have a vivid memory of that song and oh, you performing wow. it that was song was so fun to perform and i mean like i said that was the that was set to be the second single we did a remix with uh, mike city produced it and Bilal was singing on it with me oh wow um and originally it was it was amp live from zion i who pr who produced the, the the original track and um i loved performing it and and <laughs> the fact that you came to that black eyed pea show you know the state of our of our of the world right but the state of, of it America. was right after 9-11 right. i i don't think it, it was, was more than a month after maybe it was like yeah. really so we shortly after tour. i was literally um in uh i was living in la at the time but i was back in la uh practicing with the band that i was taking out on the road and uh my manager at the time walter walt liquor called me and he's like i'm sorry don't yell at me for waking you up early in the morning you know being like why are you calling me um he told me to turn on the television i thought i was watching a replay and i did see some replay but i actually watched the second tower go into the building right so um we had to decide if we wanted to go on tour i needed to know did the folks who were agreed to be in the band um, I had security on that tour, love to him, and, and he was a Muslim brother. And and Black Eyed Peas had to decide if they were, you know, if they wanted to go. And just obviously the tour happened and what we collectively decided was that we needed to go out and uplift love. We need People needed to be together. And that part of the way to do this was through was through music and through feeling good. And so that was it was such an honor to do that tour with the Black Eyed Peas. And, you know, the Black Eyed Peas now, you know, is a huge multi-platinum group. And it's they were successful back then. Yeah, it's like pre-Fergie uh, during that show, I remember. Yeah, yeah. and people, people don't even, I don't know, some people don't even know, you know, early Black Eyed Peas stuff. And sure, not everybody was fans. I was. 
Um, I used to play joints and jams all the time in that whole first album. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it was dope. It was dope to be out with them, but it was just, you know, it was this, this, it was this very particular time period and we needed to, we needed to be together. We needed to, we needed to love up on each other through the art and just through, through sharing space. And I think there was also this part of just like, we needed to not be controlled by fear. And that's and, still true today. Yeah, it's that's like, still true today. That's unfortunately, true. but that's dope that you came out to those to those shows. Oh yeah, oh, diving back into the the work and the fact that you have the CD and to hear about how things may sound differently to you as a as a father. Oh my God, it's so many albums and you're right, songs, everything. You know, even movies. I mean, there's so many things I'm watching yeah, with a different yeah, different yeah. set of eyes that I didn't know before but it's important to think about these things and how you uh, relay them to people that are around you your family and of course you know absolutely yeah absolutely. and but yeah I, I really remember that concert quite a bit because i think i went there for the black eyed peas and i didn't know you were opening and i was like holy crap mystic is out here like <laughs> shit yes now we're talking <laughs> here we go <laughs> I think I might have got your sampler at that show that had current events on, and that's when I was like really like loving that uh, we record. Did, we did have a sampler. We yeah. did have a did have a sampler with it. And current events was the I only full song on it. Current, yeah, right. Because I'm like that's I, I I really don't talk about being a dope MC. Right. There's just so many other things to talk about to me. Right. The state of our people. The state of our community. There's so many other things to talk about than saying I'm dope. And I think that 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 current events is a particular style in which every once in a while I'm like, okay, let me let me let me make sure you understand. Right. <laughs> and but it's really more to 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 make an observance from like my my position, you know, on on my second second album, Beautiful Resistance. Um, I just somebody just put some stuff from that Beautiful Resistance album on their podcast. Well, they put stuff from the Cuts for Luck and from Beautiful oh, nice. Resistance. And the We Are the People. Um, but there's a there's a track on there that's called Cali Cruisin', and that although it sonically feels different, is in the vein of current events, and it, it's me saying like I don't, you know, I'm on my own level, right? I'm not I'm not competing with you, and like your house is broken, right? Like get <laughs> your shit together. I'm good over here, right? Fine over here, and my heart is happy over here, and everything is good over here, and I and and, and, and I'm a dope. MC and a dope human being over here. And so, you know, I don't do those records. I don't do those records very often because I mean, I absolutely, right? I can. But I there's just I'd rather tell you that I love you. I'd rather talk about <laughs> something else that 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 has been been happening, right? And part of being an MC is about continuing to work on your craft. And although my the the, con- the concepts in my music, I think you can find fluidity in those. And I talked about kind of navigating that space of the pain and then the possibilities for joy and love and community and the necessity of that is that those con- conceptually it's because the same things are happening in the world, if not worse. Right. So I will still talk about those things. But as an MC, I, I would hope that what I'm talking about at 16 is not what I'm talking about at 47. And go. I'm not holding on to I'm not holding on to an era. I'm not holding on to um, a, a particular delivery or a particular style, although I think I have my very own kind of style. Right. For people who know me, they're like they hear the voice and they're like, oh, that's mystic. Right. Is that her? Yeah, that's her. And so as an MC, we as MCs and also other 
folks who are part of the culture, right? B-boys and B-girls and, and graph artists and DJs and everybody is like, you know, we pray every day. <laughs> there you go. Build up our skills for the rapture, right? <laughs> but it's about it's about it's about developing it's about developing our craft. And part of what we're seeing with hip hop that I think is important, but maybe a little side trip. Part of what's important is that again, people like me who are 47, people like you in your 40s, people like Shock who was in his 50s, we even have people in their 60s. Like this is the first time people in hip hop that we've ever been able to own this many years. This idea that hip hop and it is a youth-driven culture, right? And should always be an outlet for young people to talk about themselves, work on their healing, you know, be fly, do all that stuff, right? Absolutely. But like rock and roll and like jazz and like in other art forms that have that have been around longer, we've kind of seen what happened. But in hip hop, we don't. We haven't, right? So Nobody can tell me what I'm supposed to sound like when I'm, I'm 47. Nobody can tell me what it is that I'm supposed to be doing now at this age. I never even had an example of people at this age. We yeah. were literally dating hip hop. Right. We were creating the culture. So for the brilliant, amazing young people, right, who I facilitate with. So for any of them listening, right, this is not a knock on y'all. I love y'all. However, at the same time, and at the same time, we built this baby. So <laughs> we will remain we will remain to be here, right? And I haven't had any pushback or challenges. I'm not coming from a place of right. of hating on um although I'm like, what is hating, right? I don't have haters, right? I love people. I don't have haters. You know, that it's not it's not coming from any kind of, you know, looking down or judgment or, you know, look, I might not feel you and you might not be dope to me. It has nothing to do with your age. It has to do with your skill set. Um, that that yeah, it's about what a blessing it is to be able to develop over time, to be able to build your tools and your toolbox as an artist, as a creative, to move through your healing, to to bring children into the world, to navigate, to understand the different facets of of who you are. And I know when we're like 16, we don't see all the other shit because I was there. I haven't forgotten. However, over here, it's beautiful. And it is in my deepest prayers that these young artists who are dying from drugs, who are who are being killed, dying from violence, and, and it's not just them, it's in our communities, generally speaking, right? There's a, there, there, there's been a, been a crisis, multiple crises happening at the same time. But I pray, I pray that they, that they live through their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. And that what they come to understand through that journey is like, we grow as people, we grow in style. And what seems hella old, actually, when you get there, it's like, oh, God, wait till you get here. This is so freaking dope. <laughs> right? There it is. Like, it's, it's, it's dope. It's dope over here. But to tie it back to the craft, it's just like we should be developing continuously. And I'm thankful that I get to do that and that I get to still make art. And I'm thankful that people continue to discover me and be like, oh, shit, I just, I just, I, I, I had no idea. And I'm like, that's all good. You showed up right on time. Right. Whenever you find me, it is right on time. And that album is timeless. I mean, it definitely it still holds up 20 years later and it'll hold up 20 years from now as well. 
Uh, I can't salute you enough for this uh, this landmark classic album. That was part two of my interview with Mystic, talking about her 20-year anniversary Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom. Definitely check her out online, mysticworldwide.com. Let's do a quick sponsor read, and then get right back into it, talking to Mystic about her 20-year anniversary of her landmark album, Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom, here on the Infinite Banter Podcast. 100 episodes, what? Yo. It's a LaRocca, Wrecking Crew, Call Out, Culture Podcast, and just want to say shouts to Infinite Banter for 100 episodes in the books. Oh my God. Doing 100 of anything is cause for celebration. Try to do 100 push-ups right now. I'll wait. Okay, well, regardless, my man has done 100 podcasts talking to the dopest people in indie hip-hop around the world. So shouts to you, DJ Soundwave. And let's talk more bears next time I'm on and Forgotten Bulls and all other Chicago-based stuff. Live from South Philly here at Zilla Rocka. Thank you all for tuning in. Peace. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. I mean, nobody wants to go to the post office, stand in long lines, especially this time of year. You already know how it's going to be. They don't have as many workers. You've got a lot to send. It's just easier not to leave the house. I would never leave the house if I didn't have to. And Stamps.com definitely helps make that easier. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip. And you get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Unless you're trying to get in shape. Just go up a couple of floors, sure, take the stairs, you could use a break. So go to Stamps.com, definitely do that instead of walking. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with the mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code POD for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contract. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code POD. Yo, this is Gramzilla himself, Guy Graham. Salute the DJ Soundwave and Infinite Banner podcast on 100th episode. Shit's crazy. Keep it locked. Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Confucius. Big up to Infinite Banter Podcast, 100 episode, DJ Soundwave, I see you my brother, I see ya, let's get it, hip hop, let's go. Let's jump back into my conversation with Mystic, make sure you check out her website, mysticworldwide.com, and let's talk more about her 20th anniversary of her landmark album, Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom, here on the 100th episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I'm just blown away by the owning the masters thing, I mean that's just amazing because you hear hear about that all the time with artists and uh that's a big deal i was saying recently um um there was an interview that was released recently a profile with kqed local but also national and global source um and it was dope to have an in-depth profile done on me and the 20th anniversary and um, one of the quotes I thought was dope, right? Because you never know what they're going to take. But part of what they took from it was me talking about how 
Owning the masters means that nobody else gets to sell my trauma. Nobody else gets to sell my healing. Nobody can say, no. nobody, even if they wouldn't say no, nobody can tell me, tell me from the master side, right? I still have to get permission from like the person who produced or whatever with the, the rights that they have and only publishing that if somebody comes to me and wants to use it in a documentary, you don't have to jump through hoops, right? If somebody wants to create something with their students in their classroom and, and put it up, you know, I can make sure it doesn't get flashed, right? There's power that comes through through the ownership. Yeah. And um, although, you know, particularly in the Bay Area, we all know that tons of, you know, the independent approach, right? We look at we look at the dangerous crew and and too short and E forty and Hyro and you know, all, all the people you know, and living legends and you know, just so many people though, right? Is that people understood the, the the value in it some, but none of us particularly come from an era where it was normalized for us to own own the masters. That's why earlier when I talked about but but we it wasn't also that we didn't just own the masters, people didn't own their publishing, right? Right. That's and another so, big one. Yeah. So when I talked about souls and mischief signing um, their deal and owning their publishing, that was radical in the music business at that time, right? So I got to learn from there and I owned my publishing, right? So they couldn't like do whatever they wanted with the masters and 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 that. But owning the masters means it means that I control it. And I mean, look at the other types of folks that we see that what Dela had to go through with their Oh my stuff. God. Yeah. Um, or even other artists who are not in hip hop. Well, you mentioned Prince earlier. I mean, oh, yeah, you did mention yeah, him earlier. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, he absolutely, was right. But you know, look, everybody's not going to get their masters back. I would put good energy into the universe that everybody does. The business is just, you know, the powers that be are not are not going to allow that. Not everybody has dope lawyers. That's right? true. Yes. Um, and and I don't say that as like a knock. I say it as a lot of young people come into the business don't understand the different people who work in the business have never looked at these kind of contracts before don't really really understanding what they're signing they're understanding that they're getting some money but they don't they don't understand what they're they're signing i'm somebody who cut in high school to go and read the books on the music business that i could not afford to buy wow somebody who had a publicist who was working with who who mind you she was only a couple of years older than me she was at mills college she was a college student i was a teenager she was my first publicist and my first manager she became you know the the rap editor over at gab and tembisa and shaka love to her um that that she was working with artists like gil scott heron at the time by working at like a booking agency and so she was working with artists that she saw um end up with nothing and you know <laughs> she and i decided that it was really important to understand to understand the business and so although my contracts people may say well you didn't you didn't own the masters or you were only getting paid mechanicals on 11 songs or you know why not all of them i'm like you know what but i sure did own my publishing and i sure did later in the game have a pay or play clause which meant they had to pay me to get me out of my deal um if i had fulfilled my pieces um of what i was supposed to submit right my paper work look really really awesome artists being paid on points on an album my points on an independent album were were negotiated at a rate that would have been given to a multi-platinum artist 
So the way that my deal looked was different. And I kind of dive into this a little bit to if there are if there are if there are folks who want to be in the business are moving through the business, but haven't been in these kind of situations of, of negotiating these kind of contracts to to understand that their negotiations, there's so much there's so much power in them. Um, but yeah, everybody doesn't doesn't have access to that that knowledge immediately. Part of that, we can go do the knowledge, right? And there's the internet in, in 2021. Come on now. Right. Don't trust it to read on the internet. <laughs> exactly. But you can learn a lot about publishing and you can learn a lot about masters and you can learn a lot about copyright registrations and the different levels of copyright. You can go and look and learn these things. You don't necessarily have to end up being the person who does all these things, you know? But understand what a manager does. Understand what a booking agent does. Understand what your lawyer is supposed to do, what a financial advisor is supposed to do. Understand what all these people do. Um, and part of it and why I connect these things is that, you know, and Walt Licker helped me put together that team. But that I had dope. I had a dope team. And that is how I ended up with my master's. And I also was signed to, to a label that respected and valued me as an artist, good vibe, right? And even further having um, distribution or, or going over and being a DreamWorks artist, it's like what ended up happening is everybody kind of kept little things, but but everybody left me cuts for luck and scars for freedom. And I feel like universally speaking, it, it's like, you know, I'm in gratitude and thank you, but it's because it's mine. It's my pain. It's, it's my my healing. Um, but I hope that we see more and more artists, um, particularly black artists um, in a variety of, of different um, genres of music, be able to be able to, to own masters or to have more equity in the, the financial rewards that can come from having music out in the market. Look, you know, and people just had all these conversations because so many artists posted their Spotify numbers. Um, by the way, Spotify has an awesome Spotify for artists team that's super responsive um, for people trying to get their music on there and get things changed. But people posted the Spotify, the, the, the numbers, and part of the conversation that triggered is like for folks to understand. And I posted about it yesterday and said, thank you to people who like go to my band camp and they buy an album there for 10 bucks buying an album there for 10 bucks equals to like thousands and thousands and thousands of streams. So putting my masters up digitally is not about this kind of financial reward that can come from that. Right. It's really an offering to the people. It's really a sharing. It's really a transitional moment in, in, in me becoming more empowered as not just an artist, but as the businesswoman who I've always been. Yeah, I love um, Bandcamp, by the way. And, and that's what it's all about. You're yeah. putting your music out there to share. And that's what the end result is supposed to be. But of course, there's always red tape, as you said, with all yeah. of that. Yeah, but I think it's important that people understand. They're like, look, I pay for Spotify and I pay for these things. And I'm like, I also need you to understand that paying for Spotify and paying for Apple Music, for those of us who are not like having millions of streams, putting 10 bucks to buy something on somebody's band camp. Yeah. You would have had to listen to my, listen to my tracks thousands of times to get me that $10. Oh, I see. Yeah. And you don't have time to do that. Right. So if you, if you, if you, if you appreciate 
what I do or what another artist does, you know, if the artist is selling it for seven, you know, buy it for seven, buy paying 10, buy it for 10 and then keep streaming in all, in all, in all your places. I think it's also important for people to understand in the digital world, like you don't really own what you buy, right? If you can't download it, you can't really own it. And for people who don't come from a physical background where you could hold the CD, right. you could hold the vinyl and the cassette tape. I'm not sure it really, I'm not, I'm not sure that there's, that, 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 that the way that I think about it is is shared, right? But it's that if you if you look if you purchase an album on a platform that sells albums, and for some reason that album is pulled down from the digital service providers, digital service providers being something like Apple or Amazon, that's what they're called, digital service providers platforms. If they pull it down, it's going to be grayed out on your music list. You you can't you can't have it anymore. Because they pulled it down. It's no longer it's no longer there. If you bought my CD like you did, or you got it however, if you got it, you own that. Even when it was no longer available. Even right. when it wasn't digitally. So another great thing about Bandcamp and, and, and some other places, depending on what kind of, you know, the way that you choose to purchase the music, is that you can download it. It's yours. Yeah, they'll send you that link, and I have the app as well. Yeah, you've got multiple ways to have the album. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I can't. I'm, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm not. I can't take it back from you once you download it on your computer. <laughs> not that I would want to take it back, but I mean, literally, I can't. It's yours. But we we are in an era where people, I would rather own the Microsoft um, suite than than pay for it online continuously every every year i like to own my shit i like i like to own my there you go i, I, I need to own my excel spreadsheets that i use for business <laughs> i don't pay you to to do those business things but i think it also applies to to music and maybe that was a slight a slight tangent there but that um you know it it's all ties into like understand that as a listener folks are you know i value you i love you i appreciate you i thank you you choose to spend time with me to stream you choose to spend time with me on this podcast you choose to spend time with me in these spaces and i fully appreciate it full stop no doubt and i get a lot of independent artists but on and, here and they they should be listening because this is what you're saying you're dropping a lot of knowledge there yeah and then there's the and part no but full <laughs> stop understand that the ways that you think that you're supporting artists is not necessarily as conducive for artists as you think that it is. And that there are ways where you can directly be helping to support artists. So the fact that I own my masters, wherever you buy that, that is a benefit to me. Wherever you stream it, is that a benefit to me? Yeah, it's still a benefit to me. It's just financially, it's not the same benefit. But also think about if you really dig something, put it on your playlist, share it with your people, right? Share so that it, so that it goes, it goes across and different people who are exploring playlists or whatever it may be that, that they get to hear what you treasure and what you, and what you love. The same way that we used to get in a car and be like, pop in the cassette tape and be like, yo, I got the Wu-Tang <laughs> or hop in with the CD or, you know, whatever. Or a mixtape. Like somebody made a mixtape. Mix yeah. Oh my goodness. How dope the mixtapes and literally a mixtape. Right. Uh, I've got a storage full of them. 
I don't know if they even work anymore. I have no idea. <laughs> the I've pause make pause mixes and all that. Too. I've got some boxes too, but the way that that can be done in 2021 is you add it to your playlist or you you share it out through your social media, um, and so that's 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 you know that's appreciated too. It's like a lot of things have changed in the music business, but the things that have not changed are word of mouth. The things that have not changed are um, electing to support artists in a way that is direct, you know, and it's hard in COVID. It's not like artists are touring and you can, you can just go do stuff, but if artists are selling merch or whatever, I don't know, you know, I'm interested in artists being able to have thriving, thriving lives, including myself. And that's the best way to do it directly from the artist. And you've got a website and they can go on your Instagram. How can people follow you so they could do all this? They could find your stuff and, yeah, yeah. Follow yeah. your you food and everything. And... <laughs> you can find me um, on IG and Twitter at That Girl Mystic, M Y S T I C. I'm also on Facebook. I don't love Facebook like that, though, but I'm also there. That yeah. Girl Mystic. Bandcamp, I think, is also That Girl Mystic. Um, YouTube, you can find me there, That Girl Mystic. Um, and Spotify, I have a verified artist page, Mystic. I also do on Apple Music. The website is mysticworldwide.com. And um, as you know, I am, uh, you know, I, there's nobody else running my accounts. So right. it's my my kitchen and my posts and nobody else is triggering it. It's it's a direct way to be able to to engage and for me to tell you that I love you on a regular basis it's and to awesome. know what's on with me as, as an artist and as a, as a, as a human being, as an activist, as an organizer, as an educator. Yeah. You can find me. I, I ain't hard to find. <laughs> you're not looking, you're not <laughs> hiding from anybody. If anybody's looking, they could find mystic very easily. Yeah, just like I did. You can, you can find me. And also my podcast can be found on Spotify and other, and other platforms behind the journey. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot there. There's so much to listen to in that one. And... Yeah, and that that has you know almost all of the producers that were on the the, the album. You know, Amp Amp Live, A Plus, um, Dot, who now goes by Matrix, CD, who now goes by Dash, um, Adam Weissman, who who produced um, as part of Sample Two Hundred Eight, Neptune's Jewels, My B Girl Ballad. But anyways, all these folks are 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 on there, and there's some I think some really um, some dope conversations that are on there that, you know, if you thought you knew everything about me, you probably don't. Um, <laughs> and if you thought you knew everything about the producers on the album or about, or about the Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom album, then you probably don't, even if you're like a super fan. And I want to make sure that I give the proper title for the podcast is mystic behind the journey. Um, and it literally explores, you know, my development as an artist and the making of the album. However, for people to understand, and I haven't stated this anywhere publicly. So this is here for the people who listen, uh -oh, exclusive. That, that, that mystic behind the journey podcast will continue to be a place where I will be sharing conversations when we get to the 10 year anniversary for the beautiful resistance album, it will be there. Let's say I will, I were working on a new album. The journey behind that will be there. So people can think of mystic behind the journey 
as being, yes, it was done for, it was created for the 20th anniversary of Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom. But what I decided is that it's a beautiful kind of way to, to, to engage and share around just the journey of who I am as a human being. It was great. That's very interactive and you hear different voices on there. And I really enjoyed listening to it and helped prep me for uh, talking to you here. Again, just 20 year anniversary of the album Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom. Anybody doesn't have it, seek it out. Get the CD if you have to, if it's still around. I'm sure you can find it somewhere, but. Uh... <laughs> oh, and I should also say this. Uh-huh. Um, I was hoping to have it together for this year. It won't be together for this year because um, it's currently uh, in the process of making vinyl. You do a test press so you can make sure the vinyl is good. So in 2022, we will be doing a run of. Um, vinyl of cuts for luck and scars oh, for freedom. Wow. Vinyl, and awesome. it will have a. It will also have a bonus in there that I won't say what it is, um, but that will become available. And those are the kind of things. If you go to my website, you can sign up for what I call my newsletter. Don't worry, I don't spam you all the time at all. But that or any of my other places um, that I've already mentioned, you will know when the vinyl is coming. So I wanted to share that. That's awesome. That I'm. I'll, let me know. I'm. Give me that newsletter. I want. <laughs> I need to yeah, know. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, I'm excited about, yeah, I'm just like, I'm, who doesn't want vinyl, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's, like you said before, physical copies, just having it in my hand. I'm from that era, so I, I definitely prefer it. But of course, I'm I'm downloading stuff and putting stuff on apps all the time. And that's just how it is. But the times I get to hold it in my hand, it's a definite preferred method. Uh, but I'll always take the, listening to it on my phone, you know option yeah you know, when i'm yeah. trying to you know get on the exercise bike or something that helps too but uh yeah that, that's awesome to hear the vinyls coming out for that album that's that's tremendous everybody look listening definitely look out for that and sign up for the newsletter yes please do and once again thank you for having me on the show oh i appreciate uh, it thank you and thank you for doing a drop for me with the bird in the background and the, yeah, the yeah, <laughs> love the birds <laughs> Oh, that last bird, that last love bird died. Oh no! I know, but we we got we got we got some um some awesome awesome green singing finches now. There you up go. Here. So they're here. Oh, well, that's good to hear. I think I, I think I just heard one now. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I think I just he heard they're, me talking about them. Male <laughs> of them. Uh, you know, males males the male courting the female. There you go. I have pet turtles. They don't make any noise, so they don't do anything. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But peacocks, the peacocks we love that are all bright and colorful, they are also males. Ah. So, you know, just an interesting notice. There you go. That's what you leave them with, you know. Hell and nerdy. Right? Here's some publishing so, stuff, and here's how you learn about peacocks. Mystic right? is all all things also, educational. A more, note, a more note on people often think of dynamics between if we're talking in a binary sense of male and female, that that it's the woman's, it's the kind of woman who is supposed to make herself up and do all these things. Oh, I got you right. Or um, to take interest. And, and I'm, I, I think I'm kind of gently pointing out that in nature and in some other places, it's very much the male who, who, who is singing, who is showing their bright feathers and doing all these things to attract the female. There you go. So, think about that, my brothers. I, that's interesting. My, my non-binary folks, right? <laughs> I think I, I think I need to wear something more colorful. I think that's what you're telling me to do. I need, <laughs> I need to put on some orange and yellow, which I never wear. 
<laughs> ever. Uh, bright colors are good anyways. Enjoy it. Your daughter will enjoy it. She she will. Little, little, littles love bright colors. She, she would definitely point it out. Daddy, you're wearing yeah. orange. It's not Halloween. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for coming on this podcast with me, Mystic. This has been fun thanks. and uh, kicking back and just hearing you tell stories about Digital Underground. And, and again, this album, we just can't say enough about it. Really, really love listening to it. And I'll probably play it for another couple of days in the car just to kind of reminisce about the things you were saying. So now I have more information on it. So <laughs> definitely. A salute for coming on it's a really big thrill for me to talk to you and have you on here and talking about this album thank you again it's an honor to be here thanks for providing the platform no doubt about it big up mystic and everybody go follow her on instagram and get on the website and get that newsletter the vinyl's coming i'm definitely excited to hear that me too <laughs> <laughs> all right peace y'all <laughs> peace mystic all right thank you you're welcome peace all right peace hey man it's Tommy McLaughlin. I'm the lead singer of The Sloss. And also, I'm Tom McLaughlin, writer-director of Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, Part 6. I'm here to tell my friend Mark, congratulations, dude. 100 episodes of Infinite Banner Podcasts. How friggin' cool is that? I gotta tell you, man, you are the man. Love the show. And the rest of you guys, keep on listening, because the best is yet to come. This is the 100th episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am DJ Soundwave, and right now, this would not be 100 episodes if I didn't have my man 50 grand in this building right here on this show. The one and only, the realest of reals. Building. Building, doing his damn thing from Chicago to Houston and back and forth. The one and only DJ Real One. What's up, man? What's good, man? I, I had to call in. Uh, I've been telling you, let me know when the 100th uh, episode is because I had to call in and say, uh, congratulations, man. This is a big deal man. Uh, in the Salute. podcast world, you know? Salute. So uh, the thing is, man, like I have been down, literally been down since day one. <laughs> I helped you. I, I almost kind of feel like I'm an executive producer in the original episode, The benefactor. You know, just, You're the benefactor, you know? man. I yeah, mean, ben I would, yeah, exactly. There I was thinking is. about there this is. before you called, man. You remember that, that snowy day you came up here and you oh helped me set God. this shit up man you're like help me put in the yeah. cords and like trying to figure out how the turntable can you know with the computer and the this goes here and you know moving the hard drive around yeah. and maybe it'd be working right. this way and because i didn't know what the hell i was doing i just had all this stuff but i didn't know how to make any of it work to be honest with you man i remember that day and i was thinking to myself what the hell is a podcast like <laughs> And we're radio I mean, majors. We went to radio. Yeah. You know, to keep it real with you, man. I was like, this looks pretty cool. I, I, I like your setup. It's, it's going to be fun. You know, do what you do. Have what a is good it, time. You know, what does it mean? Support that. Like, what does it mean? <laughs> like, what is this whole thing? Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to all my podcasters out there because ever since that day, like, I've been a podcast guy now. Like, I'm there all it about it. I'm probably one of the few, I mean, that can actually say I've listened to every 100 episodes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm proud to say that. I'm, oh, okay. All right. Congratulations, <laughs> I guess, to you as well for putting yourself through that. I mean, there was a that. few in there that I don't know how I got through them, man. I already know. <laughs> but, I already know a couple. <laughs> At the top of the dome, We won't speak on it, but, uh, but we made it through, man, together. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll, I'll put it like this, man. This is a weird comparison. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, the way you started making beats, you know, those first two or oh, three man. you made, when you Brutal. go back and listen to them, you're probably like, man, I can't believe I did that. Or even your first couple of mixes, however yeah. you want to compare it. So, like, for yeah, me, exactly. like, I know 100 sounds like a lot, but, I mean, those first three or four mm. were, I wouldn't say they were rough. I just didn't know what I was doing. 
Right. And, uh, and I, the footing was never heard, there right away. I heard you say it a few times to yeah. a couple of, of, of your guests. It's, it's real back. talk, man. I mean, it's, I'm not. Don't listen to those old ones. But, <laughs> I mean, you guys can if you want to, but I mean, it's not. But the it's same fun. Thing. You got to listen to them. I'm telling everybody, you got to listen to one through 10. And then when you're done with that, well, just listen to one or two. Right. And then when you're done, come back here to like, you know, anything, you know, recent and just see the progress. It's amazing. That's For what real. it's all about, man. And, you know, yeah. like I said, parallels with you know, the beats and everything, you know, seeing what you're doing and uh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. In this episode, people already heard the new intro and they're going to hear the yeah. new oh, outro. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, that's what's up, man. My gift to you. I also want to tell you, just keep it going. Another 100, man. Keep it 100. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, man, no there doubt. I mean, just, just to wrap it up, yeah. I mean... When I did one, I didn't know I would do 10, 20, 30. So right. the fact that I'm at 100, right. it's a big deal, man. And, you know, it's a big deal that the real one hit me up yeah. and, and just wanted to say, you know, congrats. And I appreciate it, man. And you're you're coming up, man. You're going to be on, you know, the next episode or whatever. So, you know. Yeah, we got something coming out. So stay locked to uh, Infinite Banter with my man DJ Soundwave. And uh, you will hear some more from myself and uh, other dope artists. One more thing before I go. I am also proud. I am proud to be, I believe, the only oh. uh, guest uh, that has been in the building, at, in the studio. Twice. Two times, man. Yeah. yeah. The dining room. So I'm, prou- I'm proud of that. <laughs> the studio. I like it with that. Yeah. I, I was trying to be nice. It's a nice studio you got going on, you know? Now, real. So. Does this count as a, an appearance? Because you were traveling wow. my man, M-Doc. <laughs> and I, I M-Doc. believe Griff. So you are now four times. I'm talking group. Counts. I'm coming for you, man. I'm this coming counts. for you guys. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, they they never yeah. gave me any beats. So oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't hook up the hey. equipment. You know what I mean? <laughs> M Doc, M Doc, and Griff, my guys, man. Salute my to man both right of those there. cats. And salute to Catch Twenty Two, man, because I know you guys are cooking up something in the lab. Yeah, so heads to get ready. Keep it locked. Keep the it new locked. Year. Infinite banter, man. For sure. So who was on the first episode, man? It was in February of 2019. So. Oh, it's okay. almost so three was, years. It's was it by up. yourself? or Yeah, the first three I did alone, and I put them on oh, okay. Mixcloud. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hit a spot where I didn't know what else to do, and uh, yeah, well, I always... I remember those, like, four to six was, like, Tonio, I think, your nephew. Yeah, he did, like, a um, quick couple minutes with Ron. Yeah. I mean, I was just trying to... You probably do this, too, when you made the beats. You hit up MCs that oh, you, like, God. were friends with or something. Yeah. And it, this is no disrespect to any of them and no disrespect no, to people no. I had on here. It's just like you just kind of go for who you know and then yeah. hopefully you grow from it. And, uh, you know. Like a real one. Who wants that guy on their show? No doubt, man. <laughs> I just, just fuck out of here. Let me, let me reach for this guy here. <laughs> so Cool Kim was after Monday No, he was beat? before. He was like in the 20s. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was okay. early on. That's... He was like one of the first ones that made me feel like, damn, this shit is fucking real. That's that's the way I felt too. Like right around that time, I was like, "Oh shit, this is like a serious show." Big up DJ Real One, doing his damn thing. Congratulations, 100 episodes. Much props deserved to you, man. Holding down the culture and also uh, setting trends and and moving the culture forward, man. We really appreciate you, 100, man. No doubt, man. All my uh, my breakers and my nerds, I'm here for you. So salute to that's all right. of you, DJ Real One in the building. I appreciate you calling in, man, and telling me 100 episodes. Congratulations. I think I said that in reverse. Uh, appreciate that, Congrats, man. man. <laughs> Good looking Keep out. Keep it man. going, man. Keep no it doubt. Going, man. Man, salute. Thanks, right, a, man. thanks a lot, man. Peace, I'm- man. Yo, yo, yo. Congratulations, DJ Soundwave at the Infinite Banter Podcast for your 100th episode, man. That's truly a milestone, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep rocking. We support you out here in the 305 MIA. You know what I'm saying? This is E to the Vase. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it grimy, yo. Peace.
And when you're done listening to this podcast right here, the Infinite Banter Podcast, go check out my guys, my friends over at the Reddit on Wiki Podcast. <laughs> oh my God. John, were you up on Wikipedia all night? John, are you okay? You're you're shaking. You guys, you will not believe what I just read on Wiki. Welcome to Reddit on Wiki, the poorly researched, semi-funny podcast on random stuff we find on the internet. Who, who are you talking to? And why are you shaking so much? Subscribe to Reddit on Wiki on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sean, I'm scared. Me too, buddy. Me too. Yo, peace, peace. It's your boy, H2 Owens, WVCC Scythe Life. Repping that Vice City Cypher, native slang and the waterproof, yo. You know, I got to send a special shout out to my man, DJ Soundwave. A hundred episodes of infinite banter. Here's to a hundred in the bucket. Here's to a hundred more to come. You know, he talks forever, man. Yo, Mark, bless him. It wouldn't be the Infinite Banter Podcast if I didn't throw in a couple little quick nerd things for everybody. I wanted to give props to Fear the Walking Dead. I've been kind of... I don't know if crapping on it's the right word, but I haven't really been feeling (laughs) that show as much as I thought I would. But this past season, part one, has been really damn good. And I got to give mad props to them. Turning Strand into like Negan, basically, with the photos uh, up on the wall and turning into a bad guy. And he's just ruthless. Definitely been a very good season. So mad props to Fear the Walking Dead. I never thought I was going to be saying this because it was always like the B show. It was kind of like, eh, it's all right. I'll watch it because I'm a fan of the franchise and I'll watch it. And I always kind of left it with like a kind of like a mediocre feel. But like they're knocking it out this time. So salute to you guys. I'll give you props when you deserve it. And they're definitely doing their damn thing. And I wasn't really excited about watching Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. I'm just like, eh, it's just Hawkeye. I'll, I'll get around to it. People have been asking me, did you watch it yet? You watch it? I'm like, no, I'm just, uh, I'm busy. Like, I haven't thought about watching Hawkeye. It's just, eh, whatever. Well, now I've seen all five episodes. I binged them all. I believe there's only one left. I don't want to say too much because, you know, some people haven't gotten to it like I haven't. But I'll, I will say it is uh, a lot better than I expected. And it's definitely gotten me excited to see this finale. All I'll say is... It felt like a Netflix show when I started watching it. You know, like the Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist type shows. And there's something behind that. That's that's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm definitely feeling it, you know, and they're definitely doing a good job with Hawkeye and, and bringing the events of the Black Widow movie into it, tying it all together. So you know, definitely, definitely a feeling the Hawkeye show and the book of Boba Fett is on its way. So I'm mad excited. A lot of nerd stuff coming. So I could not do this 100th episode without at least, at least bringing up some nerd stuff. What up, world? It's your man's rock motherfucking Abraham. I want to give a shout out to my man, DJ Soundwave, and the Infinite Banter Podcast. 100 episodes in. Keep it going. God bless. What up, Infinite Banter listeners? It's your boy, Jason Griff. Just swinging through to congratulate my man, Mark Jolliffe, a.k.a. DJ Soundwave, on 100 fantastic episodes. The three best ones are definitely the three that I was on. Peace out. I think Griff forgot that he's been on four episodes. So when he says three, I'm thinking either this one episode he didn't like that much, he's embarrassed to admit he was on this show four times, <laughs> or my man's been here so many times he forgot. Salute to Griff for saying my name right, by the way. Big up. Hey, shout out to DJ Soundwave. Congratulations on 100 episodes of Infinite Banter. This is Alaska from Adam's Family Cargo Cults Call Out Culture Podcast, Hangar 18, Death Jokes, and other things. Um, just want to say congratulations to you, my friend. It is uh, an awesome accomplishment. 
you're pretty much ready for syndication. I think in 20 years, you're going to be on Nick at Night right after I Love Lucy. So congrats again, my friend, and uh, keep up the good work. Time for you to leave, assholes. That is Kirk Acevedo telling you guys and telling me it's time to go. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. But before I do that, I'm going to do a long thank you list here for everybody who's been part of this show, even those who have not even been on the show, but just somehow were involved. So kick back for about 60 seconds. I'm going to read off everybody that's ever appeared on here and has had a hand in helping me do this thing. So definitely salute to all of you. And these are in no particular order. So big thank you to past guests who have been on the show. Raff and Snook from the Dirt Platoon, Mark Carrier, Roxy, Nomadic Poet, Dramatic XL, my man SB, Genesis 7, Ramsey Zali, Confucius, Tommy McLaughlin, Dre Cobbs, Mongolian rock band Herd, Cool Rock Ski from the Fat Boys, DJ Real One, big up to you, my man. Dan Valdez, what up, Catch 22? Zeta Zang, my man Cool Kim, Tony O.T., Shaza McKenzie, Jason Moore, Kirk Acevedo, Eugene Clark, the one and only DMC, my man Lloyd, my man Mario, what's up to you guys? B. Brian Blair, Mr. Greenweed, salutes. Acrobatic, Mr. Echoes, Intercontinental Kent and Arsenal, Naya Kennedy, Money B., Big out to my man, William, Music G, what's up, man? Mr. Hooper, Joshua Michael, Vincent M. Ward, Jason Warner-Smith, Channel 7, Percy P., Jason Griff, what's up, man? Andy Harris, Guy Grams, Michael Myers, the one and only M. Doc Diego, DBTZ of Manzu Beats, Cortona P., Moff, Zilla Rocca, Alaska, Alex Ludovico, that whole crew, Chong Wizard, Reagan Era Records, Rock Abraham, Smokewell, Lennox Hughes, Mark Q, Liam Crowley, Fillmore Green, Puzzle, Reese, Eddie Kane, G4 Jag, Bub Styles, my man Chubbs, King Micah, Mighty Healthy, Daga, Benjamin Banneker, TF, JF, Wordsworth, Jehovah Nisi, Shadi, Evaze, big up to my man H2 Owens, Shaw Calhoun, DJ Chill Will from the Get Fresh crew, Tony Boy and Gaines, Anaji Jordan, Lucky Tat, M. Dot Waysom, Confident, Jamal Gasol, and I gotta give a big shout out to my guy Jerry Graham who helped hooked up a lot of these guests, as did H2 Owens, can't thank you guys enough, my friend Ron, my guy Noel who did some of the early illustrations, my nephew Jacoby who appeared on here as well, and would be remiss if I did not talk about Scorsese. He appeared on the show twice, helped me get some other guests like himself with Griff and Alaska, Zillaraka, and he passed away this past January. So salute to Scorsese, rest in peace. Definitely enjoyed having him on the show a couple times and talking with him for the short time I got to know him. And big up to listeners, two in particular I want to shout out. Tracy, big Walking Dead fan. She's been down from the jump, so I definitely salute her. And my guy, Rudy, I've known him a long time. And he's like, where can I find your, your podcast? And he's been listening from the beginning. He actually went all the way back and been trying to play catch up. Big up, man. <laughs> Thanks for sticking through all of it. So, And, of course, my wife and my daughter for letting me do this, letting me do interviews, and they'll be quiet in the other room. Or when I got to edit something, they're cool with it. They don't give me any problems. Uh, definitely salute to them. I can't do without them. All right, that is it for the Infinite Banter Podcast. Big shout out to Mystic. Go check her out, mysticworldwide.com. 20-year anniversary of Cuts for Luck, Scars for Freedom. The album is just incredible, even 20 years later, just as relevant as it was then. We'll leave you with one last song before we go from that album. 
we were talking about it in the interview, and when I saw her live, she performed this song, and it just tore the house down. This is Girlfriend, Sister Girl to leave the show with. And also, big shout-out to my man, DJ Real One, for putting together the new intro, the new outro, calling in, saying happy 100. Mad props to my man, DJ Real One. Salute a real one when you see him. So when you see that dude, give him a salute. Once again, thanks to everybody for checking it out. Follow the show on social media at Infinite Banter Podcast. You know the deal. Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show. Go on YouTube, type in Infinite Banter, search for past clips from past guests, and follow the show and listen to it on all streaming platforms. All right, thanks to everybody for being a part of this. 100 episodes is in the books. Until I do another one of these, happy holidays, happy new year, and all that. Once again, I appreciate everybody for being a part of it and listening and everything you guys do. So here's some new outro music from my guy, DJ Real One. And then after that, I'll leave you with one last track from Mystic, Girlfriend, Sister Girl, from her 20-year anniversary of Cuts for Love, Scars for Freedom. MysticWorldwide.com. Don't sleep. Get on it. Thanks to everyone who recorded drops for the show, giving their congrats. Definitely appreciate all of you. And until I do another one of these, you know the deal. I'm out. Hey.
regular home Live at least ten blocks from a drug zone Got green grass and shady trees No need to ask why Smile to say please Got your daddy's car and your mother's addictions Rather give up ass to thugs and argue in the kitchen Break out in a mad dash for freedom Hey yo, we're bumping Trying to keep breathing You see that on the outside cold in the interior So when the guns blast you can see clearer In the mirror It's dreams past shadow You make love to the streets like your life don't matter But still you cry, challenge suicide Let your hair fly out a 6'9 ride Ready to crash for the love of the game Believing in the next life, it's all the same Girl, sister girl You're a precious queen in the twisted world You're looking for love in all the wrong places You're giving up things that can't be replaced Girl, sister girl Infinite Banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure.